from Serenity Lane Drug and Alcohol Treatment Centers, a new podcast about rock bottoms, moments of clarity, and life after addiction. This is Voices of Recovery. I just didn't feel like I got the right script in life or I was missing how to be normal. After that, my addiction had just completely took a spiral. I was always searching for the ultimate high, which I believe I found, which was just this side of death because of the progressive nature of this illness. I can't get that back. And either I die or I make it out of it and I will have screwed everything up so bad by that point that I will have to get help and somehow try to get sober. Today is my one year sober anniversary and I am doing a podcast and I'm very happy about it. Welcome to Voices of Recovery. I'm your host, Jackie Danziger. We're currently hard at work on a new episode that's going to be published a little later this month. But in the meantime, we've received a lot of comments about our recent episode, The Look Good. And we thought it might be fun to share a little piece of Debbie's story that didn't make it into the final cut. As we've heard with earlier episodes, Returning to -to day-to-day life in early sobriety can be really tricky. It's hard to strike the balance between craving normalcy while also wanting to just celebrate this incredible accomplishment. In Debbie's case, her new sobriety came with great enthusiasm. She had a solution, and she wanted to share her newfound knowledge about the disease of addiction in order to help others find recovery the way that she had. What follows is Debbie telling the story of what happened when she finished her 28-day residential treatment program and then went back to work. They did a crazy thing around this that I regret, but it happened, so I can't really take it away. So with that newfound knowledge, (laughs) when I got out of the intensive inpatient treatment part, I went back to work and, you know, because I had had this other medical issue, I didn't want anyone to worry about that that was what was going on. I um, I told my boss, I said, um, you know, I really want to talk to the whole staff and I know there's a big meeting coming up. Well, it was, it was the whole department and um, we're talking over a hundred people. And I said, I just need them to know what's been going on with me. And she said, oh, no, 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 you do not have to do this. And I'm like, I do have to do this. I was taking this very seriously, you see. I have something to tell them. <laughs> so I I did that. I went to this staff meeting, and my boss reluctantly said, you know, Debbie would like to share something. Um, she's back with us now, and she'd like to tell you a little bit about it. Looking back, I see the, you know, the grimace on her face out of the corner of my eye, and I'm just wishing I had taken the social cues because what I proceeded to do is through streaming tears tell everybody I'm so sorry I've been gone and I'm sorry for the burden of the extra work and thank you for picking up you know I thanked a few people and I what I want to tell you is that I was in treatment because I'm an alcoholic and I have a disease you see it's a disease and I went in to tell him that I didn't know I had this disease and that it's rampant. And, you know, if you too think you suffer from the disease, that you can come talk to me. Or if you know anyone, come talk to me because I understand it now. You know, I just was so full of my newfound knowledge and it was really earnest. And, you know, I said, it's a program of honesty and I have to be honest in life now and I can't hide anymore. And, you know, tears are streaming and, 
it was dead silent and nobody wanted to look at me. And my good friend and coworker out of the side of my eye handed me a Kleenex and, you know, that was it. And we got onto regular business and, um, from, for months later, I would sit at the front desk and people would come by and they'd look at me and they'd get right down like eye to eye and like, how are you doing? <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm wonderful. Did you want to talk? I mean, it's mortifying looking back, but really the relief of understanding that there, this was not just a lack of strength or, or willpower or being a good person, that that was still in me, but that this, this was something I couldn't control until I got the help that I needed. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's um, still awkward when I run into one of those people. I switched jobs a year later, <laughs> and I was grateful for that. If there's a lesson in Debbie's experience, it might be this. It's always good to run ideas past someone whose insights you trust. This could be a friend who's also sober but maybe has a little more time than you, a sponsor, even just a close friend. Excitement and good intentions can lead to hasty decisions that in retrospect might not have been the best idea. Debbie's story illustrates something else though. In sobriety, people can still make mistakes. They may do things they're later a little embarrassed of, but these actions are rarely as disastrous as the acts that can occur in active addiction. We're human, mistakes happen. But in recovery, there's a larger safety net to catch you and prepare you for the next time that you fall. Thanks for listening. Learn more about the show at our new website, voicesofrecoverypodcast.org. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to the show on iTunes. We'll be back in a few weeks with more stories of rock bottoms, moments of clarity, and life after addiction.